Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Every day. Every day. All right, everybody, welcome aboard. It is another edition of now the Locked On Washington football team podcast. That's right, we're going to have a new pre-produced open to come later this week. Should have that out shortly, but the podcast, of course, making the official change on the last episode, Locked On Washington football team. We've got a lot to cover uh, today because we're going to hear the rest of Ron Rivera, and we played a bunch of that on the previous episode uh, in cuts. We're going to do it a little bit different. We're going to go long form uh, in today's episode to try and get it all in because Ron spoke for, you know, about 28, 29 minutes or so roughly on Tuesday morning. So we're going to try and get all of that in in today's episode. But first, we have a little breaking news. Wednesday late afternoon, Logan Thomas put on the COVID-19 reserve list. That does not mean he tested positive for COVID-19. However, they are doing testing. It could mean, and we won't find out officially, the team is not really allowed to comment or officially designate. It could mean that he is showing symptoms. It could mean that he came in contact with someone who has tested positive for COVID-19. So again, we want to make it clear, we don't know at this point if Logan Thomas actually has tested positive or has not, but he is on for sure the COVID-19 list. Now, what that means at the tight end position, listen, there's no games, there's no practices even for another week or so. I mean, the guys are just running around on the field and throwing the football around a little bit. Uh, It's not that important. Besides, if he tested positive, I mean, nobody wants to deal with that, obviously. That's the important part. But from a football perspective, it's not that important, that crucial right now. But if there is a position besides wide receiver, certainly that you worry about, well, an offensive line, uh, it would be the tight end position because Logan Thomas was expected to certainly help with blocking and try and improve on you know, what has been a career ascent from quarterback to tight end in the NFL last with the Detroit Lions. And remember, he caught a touchdown pass against the Washington football team late last November at FedEx Field. So uh, that is a temporary loss. Don't know, again, the significance in terms of the overall health or whether or not he actually, again, tested positive. We will have to see. Also, we mentioned briefly on the last episode that the Washington football team had made a couple of veteran free agent signings, Kevin Pamphile, a versatile offensive line, and Donald Payne. Here's a little bit more of them on them from our five-minute Google News Initiative, which you can listen to Monday through Friday. Just go to Google and say, locked on Washington football team, and you'll get it. But the Washington football team, Ron Rivera kicking off training camp number one, added a couple of unsigned veterans, linebacker Donald Payne, and guard and offensive lineman Kevin Pamphile. Pamphile has bounced around from the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where he was a fifth-round pick in 2014, also the Tennessee Titans. He's 29 years old. He will turn 30 in late November. 6'5", 315 pounds. Again, been with Tennessee, Tampa Bay, played his college ball 
uh, at Purdue, really more of an offensive tackle than a guard. He started 35 games since being drafted again in the fifth round. Donald Payne, 5'11", 217 pounds, an undrafted free agent from Stetson University, has spent time with the Baltimore Ravens, a couple of stints with them, the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's been on injured reserve practice squads. He's only played in five games. He actually started five games uh, last year, 76 tackles and a sack. Pamphile can play tackle and guard. Certainly there are enough questions at left and right tackle, quite honestly. It's not just left tackle, which is what most people are kind of looking at, but left and right tackle, if he can play there and he can also kick inside the guard, and who knows, maybe he's a better guard than he is necessarily a tackle. That's usually why you play guard, uh, because you can't play tackle consistently enough in this league, not because you're just so good that you just play guard. No, if you're really good, you play tackle. On Sunday of last week, they let go of Jeremy Vujnovic. So Pemphile becomes available, uh, and they get somebody who is not just a left guard like Vujnovic was. This guy, again, can play both tackle and guard. So as far as pain goes, I mean, Washington certainly has still questions at linebacker with Reuben Foster on pup. No doubt about it. You want to take a look uh, at a guy like that. Who knows? Maybe he can play a little bit at safety or a little bit in a, in a dime linebacker role with Josh Harvey Clemens kind of being on the bubble in terms of him making the potential roster. So these guys, again, going to be hard to get a beat for them until – You get out on the practice field, and even then, because we don't have games, it's going to be even harder to get a look at them. All right, so that's a little bit on the two new additions to the Washington football team as they get going with camp. I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you with us, and I'm here for rockauto.com. That's right, rockauto.com is your place to go, guys, if you don't want to be hosed by those auto parts superstores. That's right. What do I mean by that? If you go into those big chain supermarket uh, superstores, if you go to those big chain superstores, you're going to get charged more than you will at rockauto.com. It's very simple. At rockauto.com, they treat everybody the same, whether you're an, a, a mechanic, whether you're an auto parts shop, whether you're whatever you are, or you're Chris Russell or a 17-year-old who just got a set of wheels uh, for the first time and you want to snazz it up a little bit with some good carpeting, some good uh, accessories, right? So whoever you are, you're going to be treated the same and you're going to be treated well at rockauto.com. Whereas if you go into those big auto parts superstores, they're going to take advantage of you. They're going to charge you marked up prices and they're going to treat you differently than, again, if you're somebody who does business with them on an all-the-time basis, like a mechanic shop, like a car uh, repair shop, right? That makes sense. So go to rockauto.com, get whatever parts you need, whatever accessories you need for your car or truck, any make, any model. Just simply look it up when you go to rockauto.com in their how did you hear about us section. Just write locked on. And away you go. RockAuto.com, low prices, great, easy, convenient service at RockAuto.com. Go there now. All right, this is the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast, right out to parts one and two today. 
for Ron Rivera, head coach. He spoke with the media for almost a half an hour, so we want to let you hear from the head coach because he addressed a number of different topics and certainly very important stuff. So we played some of it for you yesterday. We'll play the rest of it for you right now. Here's part one right now. Hey, Ron. Pete Haley, NBC Sports Washington. With all that's kind of gone on this offseason, do you feel like you're in the same spot you normally are at this junction of the calendar? Do you feel like with the temporary name change and the Washington Post story and the pandemic that those things have just kind of made it hard to be at a place where you always usually are? Well, I think the only really one that, that affects you more than anything else is the pandemic. Um, you know, that's kind of the one thing because we didn't get a chance to have any OTAs or mini camps and meet with our players in person. I mean, you know, we had guys that were coming in for their COVID tests this morning and, and you know, I didn't recognize them. They had masks on too, which made it even harder to recognize the guys. So that's probably the hardest part. I mean, but all the other stuff, you know, the, the, the name change and, and the Washington Post story, you know, those are, those are, those are things that, you know, we deal with and we move forward, you know? Um, and, and I also think the other thing too, that that's really kind of added to this has been the black lives matter movement, which I think is you know, an impressive thing. And it's, it's been something that our players are talking about. And uh, so that'll be part of our, you know, of, of really what's, what's going to happen in our day to day. Is there a portion of gameplay, whether it's something specific like timing between a quarterback and receivers or something bigger like injury risk that the pandemic may impact or that you're kind of keeping an eye on and wondering what the consequences will be? Well, the pandemic could impact just because of the fact that we didn't have a normal offseason to work out. We didn't have a normal offseason to watch our guys, watch our guys work together and develop that type of timing um, that's required. And not just for the quarterback and receivers, but, you know, for the runners and, and blockers and tacklers cover guys. I mean, those things, you know, that's why I think that the PA uh, wanted this ramp up here so badly, because again, if you go back and you reflect on what happened in 2011, when there was a lockout, the one thing that we did have during that, that, um, that start to training camp uh, and training camp for the most part was we had a number of soft tissue injuries. That's why I think the ramp up period was, it was a heck of an idea. And I think if we do things right and we take advantage of the way the rules are lined up, lined up for us, we can get something out of those, those, those basically what amounts to about uh, eight or nine um, phase one practices, two phase two practices, and then, then two phase three practices that we go into to, to pass. So, again, it's a matter of whether or not you're taking advantage of the opportunity to get your guys ready to go, ramp them up properly, and then get them on the field. You were not here when all of the incidents uh, in the post story were, were committed or detailed, so no one – is holding you responsible or accountable for that. But going forward, what do you hope to imprint upon the organization in terms of values and culture that will keep things from that from happening again? Well, you know, the, the, the thing that I, I really want is, is that we have an open door policy. You know, I said that in my, in my first interviews, my first press conference, and I've said that in a couple of the, um, the um, town hall meetings that we've had as an organization. Um, and I'm trying to stress that because, you know, a lot of those things occurred um, and it sounded like people were afraid to speak up. And, and, and I hope that we don't have that kind of kind of culture here that, you know, that people are afraid to speak up. I, I think that if something happens or if there's a concern, people should reach out and pass it on. And, and then hopefully we can get it to the right people to get things corrected, get things worked on, get things fixed. Um, and so we go forward. That, that's what I want. I, I don't want uh, an atmosphere around where people are afraid to, to, you know, tell the truth. I mean, uh, that's one of the things that you know I've kind of learned through my 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 experiences as a head coach is that the hardest thing is to tell people what they need to hear as opposed to what they want to hear. Well, you know, 
part of it is, and I don't want to blame anybody, I'm just kind of say this, is that if you don't speak up, if you don't tell, uh, you allow the, the problem to perpetuate. So we, we, want to, we want to be able to nip those things early before they become a big problem. Um, so hopefully that's what, that's what our, I hope our, our, our workers, you know, our employees, our players, our coaches, everybody feels is that they have this opportunity to speak up and they should. Is there anything that, that you want to put in place that would kind of break down the walls between the football side of the building and the business side of the building? Well, you know, one of the things is, is that we should be able to interact a little bit more with one another. You know, it, it, it's, you know, it's not rocket science. You know, it's not top secret. Uh, other than we just don't want it leaked out to the media because we don't want them telling you mm-hmm. what our game plans are. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, uh, the truth of the matter is, is, is we should have interaction. We, we, we should feel like, you know, we are family. I mean, that, that's kind of what I'm trying to create and hoping that we have here is that we have a, an inclusive culture. So that you know, so that people are, are, are they want to work. You know, that. You know one of the things that, that I learned from, from playing for Mike Ditka was is you want to create an atmosphere where people take ownership, and when people take ownership, they have more invested in it, and, and they work harder for it, and, and they try to make sure things are, are done the right way. That's kind of what I'm hoping to create. Thank you, Michael Phillips. You have one. I, I do. Uh, just a quick follow up. Will any other players end up on the pup list, or is that the entirety of it? Well, that'll be all about the, the physicals as they go through. Um, see where guys are. For the most part, guys coming off of injuries um, from the last season are the guys that would be the best candidates for uh, for going on top. And, and we'll see that when they have their when the veterans have their physicals in uh, I think it's uh, four more days. Good. Yeah. And then wanted to ask you about wide receiver. Obviously, uh, Harmon out, uh, and then with Latimer not being there, do you, do you have enough, um, or, or do you need to get more at that position? Well, it's something we're going to look at. Um, we've got four days with uh, with uh, with the quarterbacks coming up, and then in a few and in a few days after that, we'll have uh, eight days of, of pretty much a ramp up period. That we'll get a chance to really look at our guys, see what we have, and make a determination. I mean, it won't be a practice, but it'll be a workout, and we'll be able to watch these guys. And uh, but but um, you know, if, if if there was a position that, that we are concerned with in terms of you know being able to bring more guys on, it most certainly is that position. You said that the way to combat coronavirus was with discipline, uh, but I wonder how concerned, if at all, you are for, for your own health or, or others in the building, you know, as we start the restart process. Well, I'm concerned. I mean, again, you know, that's why the emphasis will be that, you know, we've got to follow the protocols and be very, very diligent with it. That's the thing that, you know, I, I think that we're missing right now as, as a society is that is that we're not very diligent. We're not very strict. And, and unfortunately, it's it's still kind of rampant right now. And, and I think as we, you know, understand more and more about this this this, this virus, it seems that you know that that wearing a mask, washing your hands, socially distancing, uh, trying to avoid large crowds, um, you know, you give yourself a chance. You know, we're we're fortunate that we're testing here. We're testing a lot, and you know, so we're getting results quickly. That's the other thing that's been beneficial for us so far. And, and hopefully, we can continue and maintain that. And switching gears, I wonder in the last, you know, two or so months with everything going on, how do you think your relationship has evolved with Dan? I think it's been, it's, it's been good. We've talked a lot. We've communicated a lot. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's, been, um, it's been one where we, we, we talk probably every day uh, for, for, for half an hour, an hour. Um, you know, and, and, and it's been kind of cool because he's asked my opinion on a lot of things. He's asked me what I thought, um, more so than, than would have normally happened. Um, so I think that's, that's, that's been a good thing as far as developing a, a working relationship, developing a, a relationship period with, uh, with the owner. So 
So, um, you know, I, I feel comfortable and confident. I have a question kind of about the bubble versus non-bubble startups. Uh, watching what's happening with the MLB, I mean, 13 Marlins uh, individuals testing positive for COVID-19, games already being postponed. I was wondering, what goes through your head when you hear or see so many players and coaches test positive for COVID-19 in the non-bubble versus within the bubble? Well, my first question is, how did it happen? You know what I'm saying? I mean, if, if you can figure out how that happened, you know, like let's say it was, you know, one guy went out somewhere and, you know, where he shouldn't have gone out and, and grabbed a bite and didn't have a mask on. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, if we could find out what caused it, what was what was the reasoning behind um, so many guys catching it, that I think would, would really help us as we, as we, you know, venture further into this non-bubble situation. Uh, the hard part for us is, you know, with, with an 80-man practice roster, which we'll have pretty soon, um, the coaches we have to put everybody in a bubble would be very difficult. Um, so we, we've got to try and emulate it as close as we can with the situation and circumstances we have. Um, but that does go through my head is, is, is really is why, what, what caused that? And, and hopefully we can learn from it and not, and not repeat those mistakes. And again, it's going to be about discipline, about guys understanding just how important it is to, to follow the protocols. All right, that's head coach Ron Rivero, part one of two today. We'll come back and finish it up right here on the Locked on Washington football team podcast. I'm Chris Russell. And we finish it up with head coach Ron Rivera, the last of his session as the Washington football team opened his first training camp as head coach, including a question from me on the defense. Uh, I wanted to ask if with kind of the chaos of COVID and the things that you haven't been able to get to do, and I know you want to see your team, is there though an advantage somewhere in this? Can you look at it that way? Can you say because of the things that you've had to do, maybe things will be better down the road? you know, for this franchise or this, these players? Well, I, again, you know, with all the stuff that did go on prior to being here, you know, hopefully we'll learn from those things. We'll understand how we can do things better. Um, but I think going forward as a football team, the one advantage we have is that nobody's going to really know what we do uh, once we start playing football again. Uh, that's really the only advantage I see as far as the, the hard part for it is, you know, it's one of the things that you always try to develop and build as you go through a, OTAs and mini camp when you know every year is, is you kind of try to find out what the personality of your team's going to be as you go through that. That way, as you get ready for training camp, you carry that momentum that you know that hey, this is the direction we want to head. These are the guys that we have. These guys that we want to see if they can do these things. We don't have that. Everything's a big question mark right now, as far as that's concerned. You know, is, is really what is our combination going to be of, of running backs? You know, who, who who's going to be those guys? You know, what's our combination of receivers? How's our defensive line shape? Or offensive There's so many questions that, that haven't been answered or we haven't gotten to start on because we didn't go through those things. So to me, the only real advantage that we have if we get into the season really will be that it'll be a mystery. Whereas, you know, some of the teams that have the same like coaches, you know, those, those, those things are pretty much set unless they're doing their company. Is there from the adversity, though, of not being able to do, you know, the fact that it's different and they're having to adjust and it's not normal – does that create an advantage in any? Can you make an advantage out of it? You can. I mean, you're, you're going to have to really work at it and find out what the advantage is. You know, um, I mean, one big thing too is everybody's starting on a, with a clean slate. Nobody has any bad habits um, as far as the way you do things. Uh, so, so correcting guys should be easy. 
that's the thing. You know, I've heard this expression. It's called a learner's mind. You know, a, a blank slate, an eager attitude to learn and grow. So that's really the only thing I can see as far as you know, get up in front of a guy. Hey, look, you know, this is all new to everybody. You, know, you guys are, are getting this for the first time. So, you know, this is how we want to do things. This is how you've got to learn this. From a human element, obviously you have feelings just like everybody else. These last couple of months, from the Washington Post report to the name change, how difficult has this been on you emotionally? Because you've had a lot on your plate, just like everybody else in that building. Well, you know, the, the name change wasn't as difficult because, um, again, I was new to the whole situation and circumstances. Um, and I've said this, you know, I grew up, you know, in the era when, you know, to me, the, the, the name, the Redskin name was, 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 was a forever, you know, it was a, it was, it, to me, it was, it was one of those, you know, it's an honor. I mean, I just, that's kind of how you grew up. So you idolize that team, or at least I did. Um, so as we went through the process, sitting down talking with Mr. Snyder and discussing the change, um, you know, it, it really kind of came and, and, and it was, fluid um the black lives matter movement that was difficult that was tough just making sure i knew what to say and how to present it to our organization that was a learning experience for me um, because the one thing is you know i wanted to make sure it, it, you know you portrayed it in the right fashion in the right light because it's a very sensitive issue but it's an issue that we need to continue to talk about continue to work um, the, uh, the COVID situation, you know, that's that's all about learning, and every day is a learning process. So that's been hard. Um, but for me, emotionally, um, you know, and, and I said it yesterday in, in talking to Ben, is that it's, it's, I'm excited about where I am. I'm excited about this opportunity. You know, it hasn't dampened my spirits or my approach to this organization. I feel very comfortable, very confident in what we can do here. A lot of it stems from you know my my interview process I went through with, with Mr. Snyder and talking about you know, potential for this team, looking at the roster, looking how young it was, looking at the salary cap situation, how positive it is for, for a young team going forward. Um, there were a lot of reasons why for me to be here. And the situation that we've been going through for the last, you know, couple of months hasn't happened. It, um, you know, the, the, the frustrating thing uh, about the, um, you know, about the, the Post article really is, you know, those are things that happened in the past and hopefully we can get past those things, get through those things and create the right type of culture. You know, as I said earlier, um, and my other answer about it was, you know, we want to create a situation, set of circumstances that, that everybody, all our workers, all our employees, all our players, all our coaches, you know, feel that they're included, they're part of it, that they can take on this. Hey, Ron. Hey, Ron. Uh, Matt, if you don't mind, can I get a yeah. question in here? Uh, hey, Ron, it's uh, Chris Russell from uh, SI.com and 106.7 The Fan. Uh, thanks for again for doing this. Um, would you describe your defense without being able to see it on the practice field just based on what you have on paper in the deep defensive line rotation uh, and you and Jack kind of combining uh, your expertise as a championship caliber defense? Or do you have, I guess – significant questions going forward because you don't know how it's all going to mesh and gel together? Uh, I like the last part of your, uh, your question. Um, we're not sure how it's going to gel. I think the attitude and the philosophy going forward is, is that of a championship caliber. You know, our attitude, our philosophy going forward is we're going to attack, we're going to be physical, um, we're going to be aggressive, we're not going to sit back. We want our defense alignment going vertical. Uh, they're going to play the run on their way to the quarterback as far as we're concerned. 
our linebackers can be downhill aggressive tacklers. They're going to try and make plays at or behind the line of scrimmage. Our cover guys are going to be aggressive. We're going to tell them to get physical. We're going to tell them to go out and try and make plays, create things to happen. Um, I think that's really the only thing that we can say right now is championship caliber. Do I think we have a lot of potential for growth? Absolutely. Especially if you look at the defensive line. Feel very comfortable, very confident in those first rounders that we have. And then without that, you also talk about the guys that we do have, even though they weren't first rounders. Tim Settle. I mean, these types of young players are the type of guys that, that, that you know that, that you want to put out there and put on the football field um, because they have that type of, of skill set. You know, we, we've got a savvy veteran group of linebackers, a couple of young guys that can run and mix those guys in. You know, I like our safety situation led by Lance Collins. You know, you, you feel good about that. The big question on the defense side is how is our cornerback situation going to play out? We've got some savvy veteran guys that have, have played a lot of football, they've had a lot of success, that are going to be working. But how do they mesh? You know, how, how, how is the defensive line going to impact our coverage? Um, so as far as the defense is concerned, um, I like our attitude. I like our philosophy going into it. I like our potential as, 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 as a defense. And, and it's interesting because when you look at all those guys, there's a lot of young guys, especially on the defensive line. You know, none of them are any younger than, 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 than Chase. You know, uh, again, it's all about the potential. So um, put that kind of tag on the guys right now and wouldn't be fair. Uh, but to say there's potential. With no preseason games this year and with no OTAs and all of those things, how are you going to get a good feel with the younger guys in moving forward with the first game of the season? That's going to be very important. Some of your, some of your sessions are going to have to be alive with, with, with the hitting and the tackling, uh, a lot more so than in the past. You know, in the past, you could rely on four preseason games to engage and judge the young guys. You know, now we have to rely on the way we, we do things in practice. And they're going to be judged on everything. You know, one thing that, that, that we do um, that, that, that we do in terms of our presentation to our players is one of the very first things we talk about, what they can expect. Well, they can expect an opportunity to, to, to make this football team. Uh, they can expect to be graded on everything from, from the way they handle themselves, uh, the, way they, the way they handle meetings, the way they handle markers, the way they handle practices. You know, those all things are going to be things that we have to take into account. As, as we make our final decisions once we get to so it's going to be difficult it's going to be hard it's not as fair as it used to be uh, because of the situation and circumstances you know because again we won't have those four preseason games but we're going to try and create as many situations that we can create these guys on there so, um, one thing that we will do is our young talent these guys get opportunities to work with the first group they'll work with the second group they'll work with the everybody to create that 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 uh, that that comfort level that you will have to develop you know, knowing that you've worked with the ones or you've worked with the twos so that you have that familiarity. All right, and that's going to do it for us today. Thanks to Ron Rivera. Thanks also to Washington Football Team PR and WashingtonFootball.com as well. Tom Brock Plyman from 1067 The Fan for helping us turn around that audio. Thanks for listening. Still got to get to James Smith Williams, seventh round pick as he begins his first camp. As well, we're going to have a bunch of the assistant coaches, including Ken Zampezi and more over the next several episodes. So stay tuned. We should have pretty regular sound uh, and reaction and thoughts from the people that will be responsible for the 2020 Washington football team. That's all still to come. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for telling a friend. I'm Chris Russell. Adios.